Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. How's everybody doing? Man, I'm telling you what, we love you guys. We missed you so much. I just want to do something real quick. I want to have our pastors stand up. You know, you can go all over the world. You can do whatever. But I'm going to tell you, the man and woman of God that have been placed here as head over this house, I'm so honored to be connected to and stand arm in arm with, even in these times. And I just want to thank the both of them. We love them with everything. And in worship, I really felt like the Lord highlighted you two to me. And normally I wouldn't say this, you know, out loud. I would say it to you guys privately. But he's telling you two to dream bigger. Dream bigger. I, I think there's something in Pastor Caleb that you've asked the Lord that I'm not going to say publicly, but he's telling you to dream bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you, we had an amazing time. God just supernaturally like lifted us up out of here and put us in Kenya of all places. My wife had dreamed since she was eight years old. I'll let her tell you that. But when Pastor Caleb asked us to kind of tag team and go over everything, we started going, well, where do we even start? But I just want to start with this one thing. We are so connected and so love this church and so empowered by the prayers and just the union that we have with this church. And I just want to thank you from our hearts, both of us, that we love you guys. And we see the potential in each and every one of you. And what God's going to do is going to be supernatural. Because he's raising up mighty warriors within this church that are going to be sent out all over to the nations. The, the things he's talking about, that attack on the Christians is all over the world. It's not like it's different in one place or another. I mean, it's a rippling effect that has taken place everywhere. But there's a wave of the glory of God that's coming that's going to cover this earth like the water covers the sea. And there's no if, ands, or but. It's a yes, and that's going to happen, and it's going to be supernatural, and the revelation of Jesus is going to flourish in the hearts of people. Amen? Yes. Um, I don't know who was all here, but we're gonna, I'm just going to kind of do a recap on um, my testimony as far as going to Kenya. So I was eight when the Lord told me I was going to go to Kenya. I mentioned that before. But in 2019, I was working, delivering twins, actually. And I ended up having like a lot of heart palpitations. I felt like I couldn't breathe. Long story short, I was rushed to the hospital. The Lord gave me the doctor's name and they said, hey, we're going to put an ICD put in you and you are either going to have to have a heart transplant or you're going to die within the year. And I was like, oh God, okay. So of course we prayed. I prayed and the Lord gave me the word, not Jeff. Sometimes that happens, guys. You like it gives the wife the word and not. And um, <laughs> it's, it's the first joke. time, but it will look slide. <laughs> and um, so I had to hold on to that. I had to hold on to that word because I had to say, okay, God, like the promises that you've given me, the things that you have spoken, how am I going to do that? Like they're telling me I used to work out. I, I was, I ate healthy. I did everything that was good. Like I, I, I wasn't bad. And now the, now the doctor's telling me you can't run anymore. You can't work out. 
everything that you know life as it is, you cannot do anymore. And I had to tell my children, and I had to tell my husband. He was in the room, but he was like not there, if that makes any sense, because they were using all the medical lingo, and he was like, what is that? They're like speaking in tongues, you know? And, That's <laughs> and exactly so, what I was saying. <laughs> and so I had to tell him. So there was a time where, you know, in, in Nahum 1-7, it says, God is near to, the, to those who trust him. And like people go around and say, I trust the Lord, I trust the Lord. But do you really trust the Lord when you're faced with opposition of your life? Like I had to look at my husband and tell him, God will give you another wife. I had to look at my children and say, God will give you another mother. If that's the way, it, if that's the way the Lord wants it. And that was, that was a difficult situation for me, but I had to trust the Lord and trust what he was saying. And that's just the journey of even getting to Kenya. It was, was like, okay, God, I just have to trust you. I cannot partner with the spirit of death. And that's what I see globally is the spirit of death. The enemy wants, the main thing the enemy wants is, even as a Christian, is for you to lose hope. And hope in this word, hope that, you, that the Lord will actually deliver you from the curse of the enemy, right? Amen? So you have to know who you are in Christ. It's not a time where you can waver and say, yes, I trust the Lord, because the enemy's coming after us, right? Can everybody agree on that? Like, yes? So what I'm just trying to say before I preach a whole sermon on that what is um, you just have to trust the Lord and just know the word of God and just stand firm on what the promises that he's given you and say, I'm not going to agree with the enemy and I'm going to just hear the word of the Lord for myself. And, you know, it says in the Bible to get in that secret place. You have to get in that place of not just listening to podcasts, not listening to YouTube, which is amazing, amazing. But you have to actually get the word for yourself. You, have, you don't have to wait for a prophet to come prophesy over you. You need the word of God. And then when the prophet comes, he confirms the word to you. He says, yes, I'm going to live. You will see my glory. Every curse that was upon you is removed in Jesus' name. That's what you have to stand on. And that is, it's time for the church to arise. Like, it's not just, okay, everyone, oh, just arise. We're just going to worship. No, you've got to have the word of God in you in order for you to do anything, to do anything. And Kenya was that for me because I stood on that. I could have said, oh, that, that that dream when I was eight and that vision that God gave me, that really wasn't. It was in my imagination, you know, and that was not the case. I could have signed up for every mission trip that you can Google and sign up for Kenya, right? They're, they're, they're out there. Um, if the Lord directs you to do that, do so. But I'm just saying like, for me, I had to be directed by the Lord and Charles came here and then Charles asked me to go. So I was like, okay, God. And then of course, the enemy comes in and says, oh God, that's a 24, 27 hour flight. You only have 15% ejection fraction in your heart. I don't think you're going to make it. You're going to die. You're going to go and then you're going to die and you're going to be in Kenya and no one's going to be able to help you. There's no doctor. So what are you going to do? And you're going to leave your kids behind and it's your daughter's first day of high school. And what kind of mother are you? All, all the lies of the enemy, right? So you just have to trust the Lord. And my flight was glorious. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, it was good. I felt good. We ran. We, we ran from the time we, our feet hit the ground to the time we left. And it was just, it's a miracle that I was there and the Lord was able to use me. But there's a sacrifice for what you carry. There's a sacrifice for what you carry. You know, Isaac didn't have the word. 
okay? But he was the sacrifice. I had the word, but I also was the sacrifice. But when Isaac was walking, he was actually walking with Abraham's word. So I, the way that I looked at it was God gave me the word, right? And I was the sacrifice saying, God, I know that you're my provider, provider, Jehovah Jireh. And if I'm correct, I feel like that is the only time in the Bible that Jehovah Jireh is used. So, you know, we want to say that, oh, he's my provider, but what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to lay down? Are you willing to lay down your family? Are you willing to trust God to say, hey, my heart is yours. You will fix this creative miracle will happen even time and time again when you go to the doctor and the doctor says, it's not any better, Summer. It's not any better. It's really, really bad. Like, you're really bad. And you're like, no, I get under the spout where the glory comes out. And I just stay there. And I say, thank you, Jesus. And I'm still walking. And I'm going to Kenya. And I'm going to preach the gospel. And I'm going to set the captives free. And I'm going to deliver people. And I'm going to heal the sick by the name of Jesus. That's what you tell them. You tell them, no, I'm not going to stand for what you tell me. I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm going to say, you're healed in the name of Jesus. You're delivered in the name of Jesus. Man, that flame. I'm so proud of my wife. It's funny. They said summer went to Kenya during winter. So everybody's like, it's winter. And she's like, I'm summer. So she did take the fire of God over there, huh? She did light some things up. And the same way that she got right there was the same way that she would get with the translator. So it would start off translating, and then next thing you know, she's on a chair, she's preaching and all this, and the translator's, he's looking over like this, going, what is going on? And the people that can understand English are like, ah, you know, falling over. And the translator's like, you know, stay there going, are you going to wait on me? And she turns around, looks, goes, all right, I'm done. <laughs> but, but like she was saying, the difference, sometimes we mix up faith and trust. We'll be like, oh, I'm releasing my faith. But at the end of the day, you have to wholeheartedly trust God. You know what I mean? Even in those times, I remember like by the spirit with her in my arms, like, you know, like not knowing if that was the last second. But then like there was one time that I took her to the feet of Jesus and said, I trust you. And after that, I released it, you know. And it was, and we're standing here today for that, you know, and being able to go have the impact that we have, because you know what? The heart was given by God. The first sign of life was a beat of a heart. So that's given from heaven. So we're just to decree and declare that that is perfect in every aspect, every chamber, every aspect of it that, that comes and it is what produces life and, and it's working at full capacity and will always to the end of the day, you know what I mean? But praise God. When I guess I don't even know how to get into it, but I just want to start like summer and just we love our family everywhere we went over there. They're like, man, you love your church. I was like, this is our family to be connected to something so powerful and so many people with the call of God on their life. I just want to say from from our hearts, we honor you guys and, and love everything there is about this church because the church is the body that's going to be raised up in these last days 
to reap in the harvest and actually be the, the heart behind the beat of the spirit that just works at full capacity and the supernatural to, to create a flow that goes to the end of the end, the very tip of every heart that has not been touched, every ear that hasn't heard the gospel is going to be like funded in everything by the full working capacity and one unity, one accord, the church, the body. Amen. Amen. So I guess, do you have them? We'll play. We'll just play a couple of videos and go from there. girl came up to the prayer line she's crying and I'm like what's wrong with you and her mom had been in bed for eight months couldn't speak just covered with pain couldn't even get out hadn't been out of the bed they've been trying to feed her like and she came there and I said you know what you came here I'm gonna join faith with you and we're just gonna release the word from here and God's gonna heal her right where she's at and that's exactly what we did and where I'm like in the mighty name of Jesus, we release, just as we release the breath, let the breath of life come into her and rise up in Jesus' name. And that's exactly what happened. I said, okay, now let's go call her. And she's like, no, she can't get out of bed. And I said, no, she couldn't a minute ago. Now she, now she can. And so when we called, we went in between the two buildings. And when we called the, her house and her mom answered, she was like, so shaken she dropped the phone phone cuts out she hangs up on her mom that you know and so we called her back and she said that something like peace entered her and she said she instantly felt better and rose right up amen come on yes. and, and i do want to say also the the one scene when everybody's dancing that looks like my head standing still i had danced for three and a half hours Three and a half hours I had danced, and the, the one time they're doing, I'm like, 
get a standstill. We had broke it down. I'm talking about like everything. We're, you know, fire everything. So don't. It was amazing. We did do some dancing. Yeah, my watch was like, would you like to record this run like five times? I'm like, record, record. It was good. Oh, the lady, some of the videos didn't come through because they're on like a, I guess, JPEG or whatever. But the lady that you've seen like dancing like this, I don't know how long because the interpreter could not tell me, but she couldn't walk. And so for three days of that crusade, she had done nothing but dance. She couldn't move her legs. And so it was a miracle. Um, we've seen so many like blind eyes open, ears open, uh, people being delivered. Just the love of God that was just shed abroad through that whole region from Neri to Maua to um, uh, what's the other one? Kimagora. Yeah. It was amazing. It's amazing. I knew that. Yeah. Kimagora. <laughs> that was good. But... Um, one thing about it is when this opportunity came up, Dr. Charles, that's where he's from. So even to go there and be on the streets and see what these people go through, like to be able to walk hand in hand with him and even to be able to invited there, you know, with him to go commission a well for his family and all that, it was such a great honor. But then to actually be there on the street standing with him next to him, you know, and him talking about his boyhood of being raised up when he doesn't have clothes and standing there barefooted and trying to get into the hustle and sell fruit from the farm. Well, everybody up there's got fruit that's growing plentiful. So it's like every person is doing the exact same thing. Um, I was talking to him business strategy too because it's like all the bananas are here. I'm like, divide that up a little bit. So, the, you know, up your value. But anyways, <laughs> it was the business part coming out. But um and then to see the, the hand of God being on him and his whole family. I mean, he's got, God has lifted his whole entire family up and, and sent them up. They're doctors and everything else is amazing. But for the hand of God to pick somebody up out of there and then to send them around the world and to do signs and wonders and miracles through their ministry and then to be able to stand there next to them, it actually was like standing with hope with your arm wrapped around hope as the kids would just look up in familiarity of knowing, you know, he walked the same path as they did. And the hand of God can just do whatever. The impossible becomes possible when you walk with God. Amen? Some of the other stories that were on there, like the night that the it started happening with miracles, I bet there was 25, 30 people that had never heard before, either out of one ear or both ears, that their ears just opened up. I mean, just because of releasing of their faith and stepping up there, getting out of familiarity. Sometimes here we get in such familiarity, we get this apprehends and mixes up a little bit with, with what our eyes should be on, Jesus. He's the one who heals. Sometimes we get into a perspective of looking at man. But if you have your eyes on him, the, the, the gifts and the callings upon your life will be fully activated and revealed to you when that that currency of connection with him is like nothing broken nothing broken you walk in demonstration of power you know the sign a lot of people get caught chasing signs miracles and wonders but they follow right those who believe so the believing in all that is the connection that all that's just a byproduct of amen 
I don't know, just go with it. We're just flowing together. But I just want to, I mean, in that, what I'm saying is the church is rising up. The enemy comes in like a flood, but the standard that God is raising up is the church. Is the church with a direct connection to heaven to operate in these supernatural signs, wonders, and gifts because it's all about him. Amen? And when we were at Pastor Charles's church, we... um, were there last Sunday? I don't know what, I don't even know what today is. But anyways, it was from eight to like eight, like 12 hour service. It was, it was wonderful. It was a good, it was a, it was a good time. We had lunch in between. Um, but the bishop, um, wanted us all to be there, you know, and honor us. And it was wonderful. But I asked the bishop, could I go to the children's church and preach to them? And he was like, well, do you want to just, he kind of like wanted us to be in the main sanctuary, but who knows, like, Children's church is important, right? Amen? Like, yes. As a pastor, I know, like, the special guest is coming in, but I wanted to go preach to the children. So they were out in the tent, and there there was a lot of them. And I was able to preach to them. They were saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Some all, you know, the presence of God was there. It was amazing to see. Um, so that they, they have the boldness now to say like, hey, the witch doctors can't touch me anymore. I have the blood of Jesus. Because it's cultural there to like go to the witch doctor, like I guess. I mean, I don't know. I didn't study it before because the Lord told me not to. He just told me, hey, just go into the city and I'll tell you what to do. So I didn't, I didn't study any of that. I'm just going by with what the locals said. But... What is amazing about that is when I went in, in there and, and preached to the children, the Sunday school teacher was a barren woman. And the Lord gave me a word of knowledge for her. And so we broke that curse, and we're waiting for that testimony for her to be pregnant in Jesus' name. And it was, a, it was just, it's a good thing. Just follow the Holy Ghost wherever he leads you, wherever he takes you. And, you know, people might have an agenda of like, hey, go to this service. But, you know, I just followed the Holy Ghost and said, hey, I need to go into the kids' church. That matters to me. That's my heart. But also just, you know, it's not just about the main sanctuary in whenever we were there. I don't know. I just wanted to say, like, the children matter. Your children matter. Our children here at this church matter. And it was amazing to see, like, what was going on here at the River Tampa when all of our kids were there. I was like, Lord, I want that for these kids in Kenya. I want the power that they just got imparted in them in Kenya. What would it look like for generation curses to be broken, legacies to to be fulfilled, and where the kids are actually preaching to their parents and saying, no, that's not what we don't accept that. I'm not going to the witch doctor. I'm going to pray for you. That's that's what we need. We need kids that have power, not just saying, "Oh, I believe in Jesus." Cuz we could walk we could walk the villages. There was villages that we walked and then we went into soul winning prior to um, the revival nights, but they, you would ask them, "Do they know Jesus?" and they would say, "Yes." And then you're like, "But do you know Jesus?" No, they really didn't know Jesus. You let him in the prayer, filled him with the Holy Ghost. I mean, people were just falling out left and right, like not by anything, but just the love of Jesus and them actually really having an encounter with Jesus. And so that was amazing. Um, And just being able to see that like they have nothing, like they had nothing. Like those kids that you've seen all got saved that were like hitting the like water buckets. They were all going to fetch water. Like they don't have water. I mean, I had to learn, like, 
not to take a bath for a couple of days, but it was fine. Like, it was good. Um, <laughs> we, there was no hot water. We had, like, kettle baths, so you'd heat up the pot and you'd fun. get in there. It was awesome, though. Yeah, just to see what the Lord can do, just with your voice, with just listening to him, and whatever the Lord's imparted in you and your anointing, not anyone else. Everyone in this room is qualified to preach the gospel, right? He didn't come to just save you. He came to fill you right? And to use you, to use you, say, I'm going to be used in Jesus name. I don't see every hand like up. Like I need like every hand that says I'm going to be used by Jesus. Thank you. My, my wife took it to a different level over there. I'm going to tell you. So did y'all see the picture with the witch doctors and all that? We were doing crusade style. Um, we had set up the crusade. And so the, the witch doctors and all that, they had got together and they started giving a chant and coming down the road, and we're like, what's going on here? Which we had kind of already knew by the Spirit that that was going to happen. Well, I'm up on stage, and here comes this whole, you know, parade of them. They were called the masquerades or whatever. Like, they come through there doing the chants. And so I'm like, in the name of Jesus, I bind up. We'll take the break. We'll just stoke your fire with those uh, machetes and everything else you got. Now, look, my wife's right in the middle of the machetes and everything, laying hands on people. And I'm like, oh, dear God. You know what I mean? So I'm like, they're looking and they go, she can't do that. I'm like, well, y'all didn't stop her. Look at her. She's in the middle of it. I'm like, something's going on. They're like, no, Pastor Summer, you can't do that. They got machetes and they got needles and they got all this. And, and they go, look at me and say, she's crazy. And I was like, well, we did hear from a friend of ours. Is that crazy? No, that's God. Amen. She just was operating and demonstrating the power. I mean, there was a deliverance. There's people there that they're so... It's, it's almost cultural that they'll open themselves up in familiarity to the evilness of the spirits. You know what I mean? So deliverance there was just, I mean, it was, it was happening. We operated an anointing for it that was, that was wild. I mean, there was one guy that came up to me. And um, at the end, now, the crusade's over, everything, you're kind of exhausted. And he walks up, his eyes are beating, and he, he comes up there, and um, I was like, We'd done we had done a lot that night already, so I was like, "Oh, here's another one," you know. And so one of the guys go, "I got it." And next thing you know, he lays hands on him, and he's in the air against the wall. Boom! And then another guy comes up. They take out like three rows of chairs with him, and then I got on him and and got him set free, you know. But he was actually chewing his tongue off and like spitting blood and everything. So man. We got him, I casted the demon out of him, got him delivered, got him up. I said, give up everything. And he pulls out cocaine. I mean, he pulls out all these different drugs, lays it down. I was like, okay, get the tank. Let's go to the tank. So we went straight and baptized him, you know, got him full of the Holy Ghost, fully set free, fully delivered, fully everything. And then, and then stand him up, stand him up in front of the people and go, y'all think that's power? You think that that's powerful? Y'all yield to that? That's the demonstration of power because that, that had to bow its knee to me. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Well, you came in here and you received him and you, you can operate in that same power. I don't care what age you are. And it was like, it was just like an eye opener to him. You know what I mean? So, but she was, had that, I don't know, the first night in the, in the church, next thing you know, it's three rows deep People are flying everywhere, and I'm like, what's going on over there? And it's Pastor Summers in there getting people set free. I'm like, come on, Shibaka. 
Yeah. But but honestly, the the transforming of people's life in a second from the love of God just coming over them and the power of God. It wasn't a it wasn't our authority is in him and he's within us. So we walk in that daily. Yeah, that first night, it, was, it wasn't even in the crusade. It was actually a revival service. And, you know, we all prayed beforehand, you know, and everything. And the Lord said, oh, there's going to be a couple things that are going to happen. And I'm like, oh, okay, God. Like, all right. He, he likes to prepare me. I like to be prepared. And so the Lord knows that. So he prepares my heart. I don't know if anybody else is like that. But so we're sitting there. We're in worship. And here's this wo- I, I mean, I didn't know who she was, but it was definitely a, afterwards. It was a witch. She's like levitating and doing all this crazy nonsense. And I just went over there and I just, it was like, no, like I'm not yelling at every demonic spirit that's there. I just, you know, there's more Jesus in me than devil in her. Right. Amen. Amen. And so I just prayed her and she got delivered and she was like one of the head witch doctors that was in that region. And she was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. I ba- that was her. I baptized her. Yeah. And so it was the Lord just, you know, he, he's amazing. He just lets you just go and you just follow him. Plead the blood of Jesus over yourself. And, of course, there's things that you could say like, oh, will that jump on me? I was like, that ain't jumping on me. That's what they were scared about whenever I was in, in that thing, which the Lord had showed me that these were going to come. And I had already prayed for the legions of angels to be surrounding me as I went in there. Like, of course, after the fact, I was like, oh, they had like machetes and stuff. I probably shouldn't have done that. But... You know, okay, but thank God the glory's there, and you're just like, okay. And I was like, I reverse every curse in the name of Jesus. You know, just praying over them, like I was like, and he was, I think they were kind of shocked that they seen like a white girl, you know, because white girl there, they were, you know, some of the kids are like, oh, like what is that? They didn't, they've never seen a white person before. But it, anyways, it was really, it was really good. That is um, true. That is true, though. Uh, a, a blonde white woman in that area casts demons out and gets a standing ovation everywhere she goes. I'm like, hey, my name is Pastor Jeff. And, uh, and then I, and everybody looks at me just like that. And I go, this is my wife, Pastor Summer. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, my gosh. Yeah. So we were privileged to be able to go to, like, there's the highest part of Maua where there's like a waterfall. Apparently that's where a lot of the voodoo doctors and the witch doctors and whatever else they want to call them, I don't know, go up there and make covenants and like use um, blood that they've sacrificed to put into the water to contaminate the city so that there's oppression and everything. And so we went up there to, of course, bless the waters curse every reverse every curse that they've done and there's a lot of muslims there was a lot of a lot of things and these people were just like coming down from the mountain because we had um another ministry with us called street praise and they are they're from kenya they're local and they just praise and and do soul winning like every single night it's like a bunch of young people like 30 of them they get in a van they believed in a van and go from city to city to village to village to just preach the gospel and 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 praise the lord right to break every chain and so we're up there and before we get there there's like these people coming down and i was like there's a couple people that went and talked to there and then they're to this can't even talk these people but there was this girl that was highlighted to me she was about she was 13 and um, 
I was like, oh, the Lord's like, you're going to talk to her. And I'm like, okay. So I grab the little girl, Faith, that's with me, that's my interpreter, and, I, and she's running up the hill. And I was like, in the name of Jesus, I just arrest her by the Spirit of God. Like, I need to speak to this girl. And so I was able to speak to her. She was Muslim. She didn't believe in Jesus. She's like, no. And she was scared because her brother and her sister was at, were at home. And she said they were crying, and she was there to fetch water for them. She was coming up to get water. And which is amazing how they, how much they travel for water. Like these kids are like little, like carrying like gallons of, it's just heartbreaking actually. But, and so I was, anyways, I was actually able to pray with her. She accepted Jesus. She got filled with the Holy Spirit. I had her lay her hands on mine and I prayed over her and told her that was Jesus and the anointing hit her and she fell back into the ditch. Thank God Jeff grabbed her. And I, I really the, the reason I'm there is I don't know she had an anointing to come around people with machetes or something. As she's leading this Muslim to the Lord, a guy comes out of the woods and he's standing there with a machete. And I'm like, okay, it's time for me to come. I go running down the road because I believe in the healing ministry. I'll take him out first and then we'll pray. <laughs> no, no, <but laughs> no, so I'm standing there and I'm like, oh, dear Lord. So I get there about the time and she says, place your hands, you know, on my hands. And man, when the power of God hit this girl, it was like she she looked up and looked right at some, and and looked in her eyes, and like a glow came upon her, and she just went, I mean, out, gone, like it just went head to toe. Here she goes in the ditch. I come running through, and I'd like do a baseball shortstop slide move and catch her before she falls in the ditch. It was amazing, though. But yeah, um, and um, so I really felt like Lord. Just I told her like. These are your hands. Go plead the blood of Jesus over your house. Because she said, my mom and dad, if they find out that I've accepted Jesus, that I'll die. You know, she's Muslim. So I was like, no, you will not die. You will live. And you're going to change your entire family. You're going to tell them about Jesus. And she's like, okay. And so I said, go back to your brother and sister. Lay hands on them and lay, lay hands on your house. So then we went back up to the mountain and we came back down. And she is running up the hill to me with another thing of water like it was like she just had like she was playing with Jesus like a kid that's just like she's like yeah. they were smiling and laughing everything's good and I've just been hanging out with Jesus like she had an encounter with the Lord that was like I was like that was that was the, the trip for me like I was like oh like, my god I gosh. really think that she was hanging out with Jesus yeah. when she went back to her house she goes we were just playing with Jesus my their, her little siblings were like, they were laughing and playing, and we just played with Jesus. And she came back there, and it was like supernatural, the glow that was upon her. It was like all of life entered her. It was like yeah. she was a, alive for the first time. Yeah, for sure. And then just being obedient to the Lord of going to her when there's a guy there with a machete that was standing there. But I didn't care. I was like, She didn't well, see the it, machete all night. She was like in his own. I don't think I've seen any machete until afterwards. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> in the, on the same road, though, we were going up, and, and a guy, he was bound by a bunch of, he, he couldn't even hardly speak. You know, he was slurring his words. It was a boy jacked up off their marah, which is their, they call it their cash crop, which is just a drug that's been eliminated everywhere else but there. So they chew on this, get addicted to it, opens them up to the demonic realm, and then they're drinking and everything else at a young age, you know. And he comes walking out of the woods, and I was drawn to him. So I go up to speak to him, and I turn around to get an interpreter. So I turn around, and the first guy I see, I'm like, hey, can you interpret? And the guy's like, yeah. I thought he was part of the praise team, but he was just a guy. 
you know. So anyway, so we, so I start talking to this guy, lead him to the Lord, this boy, get him delivered, um, lay hands on him, power of God hits him, he falls out in the ditch again, you know, he's, he's laid out in the ditch, and the guy that was interpreting, he steps back and goes, man, that's crazy, and I'm like, what do you mean, and I was like, you never seen the power of God hit somebody, like Jesus touched somebody, he goes, no, he goes, and I was like, who are you, he goes, I don't know Jesus, but I want to know Jesus, you know? So, so, so just, I mean, it was crazy. He led this guy to the Lord, interpreted power God hits him, and did all this, and he's like, what was that? And he's like, I'm not saved. I don't know Jesus, but I want to. So then that just, I mean, it was like those things happen all the time, all, all the time. It was signs, miracles, wonders. I mean, and actually giving broke out. We would go into these these villages and pray for people and they had never seen it there before you know and I went and prayed for this woman and her her daughter and their baby and all this and she comes running me down and she gave $200 which is like the $50 would be like what a taxi on a motorcycle makes in a day okay so I ended up with $500 that these people were giving me through this village and I took it back to the pastor and I was like here you know, and gave it to them. And it was a sign and a wonder to them because they're like, do you know how much money this is? You know, they're like, we don't get this on a, on a offering in the morning, you know. But it was just, God was so impacting people, not even knowing it, they just wanted to sow into it. Because they knew the, you know, seed time and harvest because they grow up in it. It's what feeds them every day. So it was like an unlocking by the spirit of the natural financial breakthrough that was going to happen. And I bless them, and I plead the blood of Jesus over them. And it was just really, I mean, amazing at what God did. Like, it, that ain't even, it's not even half the pictures, you know, but how he can lift up somebody like us and honor us to, to place us there, to just touch his people, you know. One of the things when we went there, and... I hear it all the time is, oh, God does all these signs and wonders. You know, you go to Africa and this and this happens, and you'll never believe it. Um, all the miracles, all the healings, the impact that you have, thinking that you have to go there. But one of the, the things that the Lord told me when we went over there, he said, he said bring them the, the light of the revelation of my love. And I'm like, okay, let's slow that down a little bit. But I was just, the encounter through the light, like Saul had an encounter through the light and his revelation came through that in a moment he knew exactly who Jesus was. So we just toted that encounter everywhere we went because I prayed and she prayed and both of us came to word and both of it was out of Acts 9, you know? And so I was like, okay, Lord, like, like what is this? But, and he told me to, to open their eyes. And so the one thing that stuck out to me is I hear all that stuff. But, you know, I see deaf ears open here and all the time. I mean, we see miracles, wonders. I mean, you can ask people that on a daily basis we see this stuff, you know. So it's not even that. It's the perspective of what it is. The thing is, is, is here there's such a familiarity and, and such a busyness. And a, and a disalignment with what really truly means. Because if I go to the mall 
and we stand out and pray and sing worship songs to God and all that, there's not a line of 100 people. There's two or three. But if you lay hands on those two or three, some signs and wonders are going to happen. You know what I mean? There you do it because they don't have other options. They don't have other things that they're drawn to because they're just going to fetch a bucket of water that they're naturally drawn to the singing and the praising of God. So then you have a line of a hundred. So then like one city we went to, I go up there and these guys are mocking us. You know, it's just a demon. He said, you know, where's your mask and all this same kind of stuff you hear here. And I was like, I don't have one. Where's yours? Like, shut your mouth. I'm not talking to you. You know, I said, I'm here to bring the good news. I ain't got nothing to do with that. And he's like, don't come near me. You know, he slammed against the wall. And I was like, no. I said, I'll stand right here. The power of my God will touch you right here. And I'll release it. So I just started preaching to him, preaching to him. Ended up leading him to the Lord. Jumped up over the wall and just laid hands on him. The power of God hits this guy. And totally set free and just transformed right there in front of everybody in the street. They're all looking at me. They think I'm fixing to get whacked, you know. They're, they're, seriously, I turn around and I had to get walk no further that day and, and reach no more people because there was a line lined up going, just lay your hands on me. Seriously, a line of the whole city lined up because it's a sign and a wonder to them, you know. But that's a demonstration of the power of God that we operate here as well as there. It doesn't matter where you send us, you know what I mean? So we just have to understand that. That the, the same stuff that happens, that's, that's for every day. That's for every day. That's for every one of us. We are children of God, and, those, and we believe in him, so those things will follow. Amen. Right? And that doesn't mean if it's these streets over there, wherever, it doesn't matter. Amen? Amen. Did I go on for a little bit? All right, well, I'm going to preach that. The Lord just showed me that. See, what we, it's all about perspective. Your, your eye, whether you know it or not, focuses thousand. There, there's a seen and an unseen realm. You understand that? A hundred percent of this room, you, we only see one percent of it, and we only comprehend 0.5 percent of it. So that means 99.5 percent of it is just you don't even recognize with the natural eye. Right? So what I'm saying, the light of the revelation of God has all got to do with the reflection that it says if your eye be single, your whole body be light, right? That means that you walk, you breathe, the perspective of God. And you encounter people through his lenses, through the perspective of him. That means if we only see 0.5, that means we're only seeing 0.5% of what's actually there. So unless we walk in the light of God with the understanding through his lens, see the perspective of what he places in front of us every day, you'll always wonder what's next. When our every step is, is, is lit up by him because our steps are ordered by him. So I'm encouraging the body because I see that the church is on a rise. And I'm telling you, if we're the body, what do we have? You know, you can cut off a finger, Right? And, half, and it wouldn't affect their body, right? And that's what we've done a lot of times. Those people that we have sent to the far places to reach the lost is once they're out of our perspective and out of our light and out of that, 
we forget about them. They get cut off. Guess what? We're not effective because we're part of the body. That's time that the body comes into direct unity and one flow in the recognition of every aspect of the kingdom of God. The kingdoms of this world will bow their knee to the kingdom of our God. But we have to rise up and be a rise and shine, right? That's what the church has to do in this time. And it doesn't matter where it is. The, the enemy only come, he comes in like a flood. There's only one flood that's coming, and that's the wave of his glory that's going to cover this earth and touch each and every one of us. And signs, miracles, and wonder are going to follow us on a daily basis. Amen? So the one thing about even the encounter on Acts, I don't know how I got on this. I'm just going for it. So even in Acts 9, the, the, it said going to the city. The word that she had was going to the city, and I'll show you what's next. One thing, even after an encounter, what happened to Saul? He had to be led, right, by two others. So many times we try to disconnect, even after our encounter. We're like, oh, this is my encounter. What's next? And you go off on your own. But no, the body has to be, it says it was led by his, his fellow people. You know what I mean? So the person to the left and to the right of it, you have to know the operation of the power and the gifts of God that has placed in it to, to pick them up. You know what I mean? Because there's those lost children out there. One thing about, um, there's people lost out there. But you know, the brother knew that he had spent his money on bad things and he was in the pig pen. Why didn't the brother go get him? Nobody even looks at that. We know people out here that are lost. What are we doing? Why don't we go get them? Sometimes we stand there and point fingers, you know? But it's time for us to rise up and join in unity and bring in those that that harvest is ready. That harvest is ripe. Amen. Amen. So I can go testimony after testimony, all that, and I got off that trail. But I just want to say, as even leaders joined here, like how important the body is worldwide. Worldwide, because you can impact people on the streets. You can cast demons out. You get people set free. But guess what? If you don't have a body to connect them people to, then they go right back into the same thing. And that doesn't matter if it's there, here, wherever. I'm just telling you. Like even in the crusade style, uh, we had to move it because of the attacks that came in. We had to move the stage. So when they lifted up the banner, the only thing that came up was awake. So even standing there, I was like, there's no difference between the stuff that's going to happen here you're giving us a platform here just um, out of familiarity because that's where you preach crusades. But we're fixing to have a crusade right here in our back door. And this body is going to infiltrate that body. And there's going to be signs, miracles, wonders, and all that. And the revelation of the light of God is going to shine on people. And they will have an understanding of who Jesus is. And they'll have an understanding of their purpose. And they will be connected to this body for the growth. We, get, we can't send out, send out. We're supposed to stretch forth the, the tent pegs, right? So that's starting here, taking territory here. Amen? Got it, hey? Huh? I was trying to. She preached the first service. I guess I get this one. But I do want to, like, being led by others. 
and them being appointed, right? Because hands were laid on him, and he was given direction. And then once he stepped into that, that was the name change. But being led by others is good. Is is when you're placed around men and women of God that God has ordered your steps around. Well, the, the person next to you, the person to the right, to join with them and never to point fingers. Once you point a finger, guess what? You just broke unity. You just broke unity. We're supposed to be joined and linked together as one. That means if, if, if we're linked arm to arm, right, the anointing that's on her life, guess what's naturally attached to my life. You know what I mean? And then when you join together around and you're looking, I don't have a blind spot because the one that God's placed on the other side of me sees my back at all times. The enemy has no effect on anything. That is what the church called to do because we've, we've broke the connection of unity by doing this and pointing this because even the, the, we have to be led by the spirit. The foundation of the church is a man is a son of the spirit that walks, that wakes, that goes every day. If not, you can't even see correctly because you're looking through a different light and a different lens. So we have to join together in these times, I'm telling you, because in this, it's only fear. She said the spirit of death, guess what? The key to unlock that door is fear. And perfect love, what does what? Cast out all fear, right? So we walk in perfect love. Perfect love cast out every demon. Cast out a, lean, uh, a legion. You know what I mean? Turns him around, doesn't need counseling. Go minister the gospel because you're totally set free in a moment. You know what I mean? That's the power that we have to operate in. And I can see it so clearly, so clearly, the rising up of the church. But the thing is, is even as, I'm going to just jump here real quick because Peter, as Peter's being walked away with Jesus after he goes through the three I love yous, Everybody kind of knows that in Scripture. He turns around and says, oh, what about John? That's one of the number one things that the church does is try to compare. So even after everything, even after stepping out of the boat, walking over all the failures and everything else, God's pulling him away, a restoration of what was lost, and then all of a sudden, what does he do? He turns around and points a finger and wonders about somebody else of comparison. We're not compared to anybody. We're all created in our own image. We all have a unique gifting and anointing. And unless we're joined together with unity, then we'll never be the fulfillment of what he's called us to be. That everything else is a lie. All authority, all power has been given to us. Right? So if something's affecting us, guess what? We authorize that power to. Other than that, it's a lie. Has no power, has no grip, has nothing. Amen? So I just want y'all to know I love you guys. And I see the power that God is raising up and putting together and the potential of what's coming. And even coming into this awakening of what we're having right here in our backyard. There's no difference in being in Africa. There's no difference anywhere in the world that he's going to send us as a body we will have supernatural signs and wonders. And the love of God will be shed abroad. And the, 
the, the deal is if there's a rising up of darkness, it means the light needs to shine forth because the darkness comprehends not, right? So if there's darkness, we need to be the light and shine in it. Amen? And you can see a light shine from a hilltop miles away. It doesn't even matter the, the trees and everything else. Guess what? In the darkness, boom, you can see it. And we're called to rise up, being like the moon, being direct connection with the sun in a time of darkness and shine forth our light because that light will bring the revelation of God the revelation of God will hit the hearts of individuals that didn't even know and they'll be free in a moment yeah. Amen. I just feel like sometimes you know things happen in our lives and we believe a lie we don't mean to believe a lie but you need to tell, like, declare the word of God over your life and say, like, everyone just needs to say, I'm qualified. Like, you're qualified. You're qualified to preach the gospel. You're qualified to heal the sick through Jesus, cast out demons, everything. But fear tries to come in. It's, like, sneaky, you know? I know as for my life, this isn't a whole different testimony, but I'm just going to say, I was, I, there was fear. There was a lot of fear that I, I bowed to daily fear of men, just fear that I couldn't do it. I wasn't qualified. I don't have enough. And I finally had to, one day you just have to come and have to say, God, like, I need you to help me get rid of this fear. I'm going to lay this down at the altar. I want the spirit of boldness. And I feel like in this hour of where the church is and where we are as Christians, if we're going to do wake America, but like we can't do anything unless we let the Lord work through us and what he's done through us is the only thing that we can do. And you know, there's the media, there's the Taliban, there's Afghanistan, that we pray, God, for Saul encounters for them in Jesus' name. We pray that, that, that every curse is broken in the name of Jesus. You know, we, our brothers and sisters that are there, like, we, we're, we're blessed here. We're very blessed. And then there's, there's COVID. It's real. We, we understand that. But we also have to know that, like, Jesus, the blood of Jesus covers it all. And Faith isn't logical. So there's things that people, even that I know, I'm a frontline nurse that I don't understand, you know, that they were a believer and things happened and they're in heaven. And I don't, I'll never, I'll never know what happened until I, I get to heaven and ask the Lord, you know, why maybe they didn't get healed. But we have to stand on the word. We can't just say this one death that we're just going to give up on what the word of the Lord says, right? Um, and we comfort their family. We pray for their family. We plead the blood of Jesus over over this nation, over every everything. Um, and, that, and that's important. But there is something that we get to do here on this side of eternity is we get to praise him during pain. We get to glorify him during pain. We get to glorify him with misunderstanding of like what or understandings that we don't know. And we need to get to a place of that. And we need to just really actually come in like prayer. Prayer is powerful. The reason why the church is the way it is is because they've lost the prayer. Okay? You're like, I'll pray for you. How many of you? I know I've done it. You're like, I'll pray for you. But you didn't pray for them. Am I the only one? I mean, I, I, I've learned, of course, and it was like, I'm just going to pray right then. But, but you know, I'm just going to tell you, before I did that, now I'm like, I'm going to pray right now because I'll forget in Jesus' name I'm going to pray. And 
that's where we need to just come to is just power of prayer, power of lifting each other up. And guess what? You don't always have to be bold. Sometimes you're just like, hey, I'm not feeling it today. And I need you to come alongside of me and lift me up in prayer and help me. Um, you know, prodigals are gone. People are sick. Deaths, divorce, finances. There's so much swirling, but we don't need to let the enemy swirl, encapsulate us. We need the glory of God to cover the earth. We need to just praise him. We need to thank God that we can come in unity and in alignment with the word of God. And we can praise God and say, no, not on our watch. I'm here. This is not happening. I reverse every curse. I break every assignment of the enemy that we will live and we will not die. That, that, that our children will, will have children. Our grandchildren will have children. And just speak the love of God over the nations. Um, I could keep going, but that's where it is. You know, it just it popped in my spirit. And I want to say this, and we'll wrap this up. But there's a story in the Bible where the disciples, okay? So Jesus multiplies the 4,000, you know, he feeds the 4,000, okay? Right after that, they pick up the leftovers, all that. They get into the boat. It's the, the religious that are asking him for signs. They get into a boat, and then they start talking about what they forgot, what they don't have, their lack that they left behind, okay? As they're going across the water. So they're passing over to a different time, to a different area. And the very first thing that they do, they forget about the miracle and start talking about what they don't have. You know what I mean? And he says, beware of that. And it's the one thing as the body, the political and religious spirit, how to quick it tries to come in and interrupt the the miracles that god is performing in the church because right after that he goes over and he pulls a, a blind man out of Bethsaida, like the place of familiarity that the fishermen returned to so all of his disciples were it was basically a prophetic picture of jesus coming in and saying look Y'all don't even understand the signs and the wonders and everything that's been happening. And you're still talking about what you don't have or you don't have enough. But watch this. I'm going to go to somebody that hasn't had an encounter that's blinded, that can't even see correctly. And he pulls him out of the village and he goes, okay, and spits in his eyes. And that's direct DNA of God touching his eyes. And he comes out and says, now what can you see? He says, I see men as of trees. And, I, and, and to me, I'm like, this was a while back. The, the Lord said, you think I had to pray for somebody twice? And I believe in that moment, there was no hands, no flesh, no nothing. The pure DNA of Jesus touching his eyes. He sees people as they should. He sees trees planted by a river that shall have a leaf that never withers. He sees trees that have, because he's blind, he's never seen a tree. How does he see a man and say, oh, that, no, that, that's not a man, that's a tree. He's never seen it. He's blind, right? So he sees through the perspective of God in a moment to see the potential of the people that were placed before him, right? In a revelation, in a moment, in an impact. And what he's doing in that moment, even the impact that he's having, is he's looking back at his disciples and saying, look, You've been in my presence. Church, you've been in my presence. You've remained in my presence. But do not become familiar with where you came out of and the impact that you can have on others. And it'll start like that because then he touched him. He's like, okay, now see correctly. No, he's seen correctly the first time. But until you can walk, because the thing is, is he goes, 
now go home, but don't return through the village. Well, I mean, that's like a catch-22. You just, my home's in the village. Because your home, home isn't a location. Home is the presence of God. Don't become familiar with the presence of God. Don't become familiar with the, the surroundings around us, the impact that you can have on your daily walk just because we remain in the presence. When you tote the presence and you, and you are saturated with the presence, you know what I mean? You establish that. Even you, you're claiming territory and marking territory every step of every day. And I just want to say, like, we are called to remain in the presence. You could take a cucumber and saturate it in something and leave it there, and it, every aspect of it will change, and now it's even its name. That's what, that's what we're called, right? Now it's a pickle. Now it's got a whole different flavor, a whole different taste, a whole different look and everything. What do you mean? It was just saturated in one thing so long that every aspect of it changed. And that's exactly, that's exactly what we're called to do. So that when we get out there, it's not by what we talk, it's revealed in our walk. Man, they're different. They have been consumed by the presence of something because it has changed every aspect of their life. And you'll tote the power of God everywhere you go. Amen? Hallelujah. So I just want every, every head bowed, every eye shut. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this very day. We thank you for the gift and the callings of every person that's in this room. It is no accident that they're here because everything was designed by you. So even, even in the familiarity of everything else, even if they didn't know they'd be here, even if they don't know why they're here, even if they're trying to find their place here and saying, am I joined? Am I, you know, am I where I'm at? Whatever. Lord, I thank you. I know that each person here on this day was here, planted here, and positioned here for the great and mighty works that you have. They are oaks of righteousness that shall produce fruit in every season. And I'm just asking you right now to search your heart. And like, and as I talked about the light of revelation in the encounter, maybe you've had that encounter. Maybe you never had that encounter. But just as I talk about the 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 transitioning and the encounter where in a moment you have the revelation of who Jesus is and the willingness to say I'll go where you want me to go I'll do what you want me to do my life is transformed if you've had that encounter before then, and then maybe a little darkness has come in and changed the perspective so now you're not even looking at the day to day as, as he would this is a serious serious thing You can't have light in a little bit of darkness. You can't have light that you think of light, but it's through a different lens and a perspective. You can call it light, but it has to be looked at through his eyes. And I'm just asking you to search your hearts today because I know without a shadow of a doubt, there's a rising up of the church, of the body. 
in unity, joined together, lifting up, joined to one another with the gifts and the callings that's going to be a flood, not like a flood, it's going to be a flood that covers this world. He's saying arise and shine. Is there any darkness in them? You know, it's the easiest thing in the world. All you have to do is say, yeah, maybe I did let this come in. Maybe I let a little darkness come in. Maybe I'm doing this that I shouldn't. Or I haven't had that revelation of that encounter that you're talking about. I haven't had that moment. Well, guess what? He had to step into the road and walk a path and didn't even know that that even in the things that he was doing bad, that God was laying an opportunity at his feet that was going to impact his life forever. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.